the hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan. Let's go the distance by keeping our distance. Nissan, innovation that excites. Explain a little bit more technical detail as well as the politics of it. It's a pleasure to go down to earth as we do every week at this time with Dr. Cara Gustenberg. Uh, tell me, first of all, this 7.8% figure, it comes from uh, an international agreement, is it, or what? Yeah, it's unfortunate that the media portrayed this as the Green Party's number, but actually uh, this number, 7%, comes from a United Nations report. Last year, the Environment Programme in the UN said that if we want to keep global warming below 1.5 degrees Celsius on average, which is what the Paris Agreement goal is, then we need to reduce emissions by 7.6% a year on average in every country. So maybe developed countries should have to do more and less developed countries should have to do less. So uh, every party has actually committed to this as part of the joint Oireachtas Committee on Climate Action that that convened before the doll was dissolved. Um, So it's not really the Green Party's idea. They've just pushed it to the forefront in their negotiations. All right. And and tell me this, um, if, if kind of the unit of, of, of uh, gas emissions is, is, is 100 and it goes down after year one, 7.8%, you don't carry forward the reduction, do you? It's another 7.8% the following year. You don't get any credit for what you did last year. Well, no, it, it, and that's an interesting point, Ivan. It, it sounds worse or harder than it is because actually the way they're calculating this is sort of the reverse of compound interest. So so every year as you reduce emissions by 7%, the, the number gets smaller and smaller. So actually that 7% gets smaller. Uh, so so at achieving this target is not as onerous as people may think if it was actually 7% per year, you know, which would be 35% over five years. So it's not like that. Okay, I do recall during the election, you greenproofed all the parties' manifestos and went through them for us. So what did they promise before the election to voters on the Green Agenda? Yeah, so uh, before the election, I was asked by the One Future campaign, which is a campaign of about 70 or 80 different different civil society groups that we're all asking for, about seven different asks related to climate action and, and transformation in Ireland. And uh, one of them was that One Future campaign wanted at least 8% uh, reduction in emissions per year from each of the parties and, and asked all of them to do that. So myself and two other experts were asked to look at all the manifestos and grade them. And I went back just this week to look at where they stood specifically on those targets and on climate legislation. And uh, the three of us collectively, the experts, rated the Greens at 89% on that topic, people before profit at 77%, labor at 69%, the Social Democrats at 42%, Fina Gael at 37%, Fina Fall at 30%, and Sinn Féin at 25%. So anybody who thinks that waiting around until Sinn Féin does well in an election uh, that somehow we have better climate action and climate targets may be sorely mistaken. All right. And and I remember you you gave different marks for each of them. Just on the basis of the the, the likely cocktail now, Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael and Greens, do you think their policies are compatible on the economy, on the the Uh, Green Agenda? (laughs) 
Well, look, I've been following Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil manifestos for a long time, and, and I've never found them progressive on, on climate action. And of course, the Greens have, have historically been quite good on that. So no, they're, they're not the same type of party. You know that, I know that. But I mean, we are seeing Green parties around Europe uh, going into government with very far right parties. Uh, so so it, it's not unheard of. And actually, when, you're, when you look at the response that Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil gave the Green Party in in response to the framework document questions, the Green Party asked 17 questions. And I would say that at least 10 of them were uh, very affirmative toward Green Party policies and, and a real shift in what I've ever seen from Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil. And I would say the most notable one being that they have come out and said that they agree with the Green Party, that they shouldn't be constructing any more of these liquid natural gas terminals that they had proposed in Cork and Kerry. Now, I've never seen that language come out of Fianna Gael or Fianna Fáil. So to me, that even that one issue in itself was a big game changer. Now, tell me about the NGOs in this area, because we often think the Green Party is in fact an NGO. Uh, uh, but Extinction Rebellion and other NGOs are, are out there. Uh, AWEA, of course, the Wind Energy Association with the electricity sector. What are they saying? Yeah, I mean, Extinction Rebellion has been calling for an 8% reduction uh, in emissions each year since their inception. And at the time, even I thought they were crazy to be expecting this kind of ambition out of government. So it is really amazing that now this is on the table and many experts, including the likes of Dr. David Conley from the Irish Wind Energy Association, are now putting, putting forward ideas and proposals for how we could realistically achieve these kind of emissions reductions. So, um, so it's been a it's been a big surprise this week in particular to see that this is possible. And uh, David Conley has certainly uh, shown that even in the energy sector, it is possible where it is less possible at the moment, where the debate is still uh, remaining is in the agricultural sector, where it doesn't which, seem. Which we will come on to, but I just want to drill down briefly into the non-agricultural issue. I mean, like a million electric cars, it's easy to put it in a plan by 2030. But, you know, speak to anyone in the motor industry, they say, you know, it just won't happen. Uh, and it's not because people are against it. It just there isn't. A, the, and you, you did an experiment yep. in that regard. Then you have a, a, the heating industry uh, and so on. I mean, like, where do you think other than agriculture, the most change needs to be made? Is it electricity generation? Yeah, and I, I think we've seen the the most success that we've had to date has been in the re renewable energy sector. The last time Eamon Ryan was Minister for Energy, he put a lot of uh, the groundwork in place to create the renewable energy that we have today. And, and so we're getting 30 to 40 percent of our, our energy from renewable energy at the moment. Uh, David Conley's put forward that if we got it to 80 percent renewable energy, we would save 9 million tons per year of carbon. So that's a big chunk of, of the, the tw roughly 20 million that we would need to save. Um, so yeah, the, the most bang for your buck is always going to be in building that renewable energy system. You're right, on the electric cars, I mean, I've, I've never thought that the solution to to uh, emissions is, is in electric cars and, and getting 900,000 electric cars on the road would save us 3 million tons per year. So it's still uh, not a huge game changer in, in that extent. So I think what, what David and what other people have put forward are ideas and options for things we could do um, and it's a matter of picking the ones that are the, the most cost effective the most beneficial for society uh, reduce emissions the most and, and, and you know making decisions on, on those issues 
Okay, when you probe, we had Lorna Bogue, Councillor Lorna Bogue from Cork on the programme last week. When you probe Greens on the agriculture question and national art, their their instinctive response is, oh, well, we're kind of doing the farmers a favour here because the suckler herd is uneconomic, they're depending on subsidies. And it's almost like, oh yeah, we should put them out of their misery and kind of finish them off and then they won't be producing all these uh, methane and other gases. I mean... You go sell that to farmers and they, they won't buy it. <laughs> I wouldn't say that's a Green Party policy, actually. I've, I've seen that attitude coming out of the Climate Change Advisory Council in particular, this idea that, that beef is not profitable and therefore we should just you know get rid of beef because that's an easy way to get rid of cows. I personally don't agree with that. I know many people uh, that follow the biodiversity crisis don't agree with that because extensive beef uh, is actually probably better for, for biodiversity than this kind of intensive dairy that we've been pushing. And even the Green Party's own agriculture spokesperson and uh, Pippa Hackett is an organic beef farmer. So I don't think they're promoting that the, the solution is to end beef. But I do think you know we need to talk about how we reduce emissions in agriculture. And, and the word culling the herd is, is maybe an oversimplification of the, of the issue. But maybe we need to look at not inseminating so many cows next year, for example, because we do have a, an excess of male bull calves being born uh, every year now as, as a result of intensification of the dairy sector uh, and that's becoming a, essentially a waste product in the dairy industry. So so what is your message in terms of the compatibility between implementing a green programme for government and farmers? Yeah, I, I think now the proposal on the table, and, and this is being debated now within civil society, is whether or not you, you treat methane gas, which is the predominant greenhouse gas coming out of our livestock agriculture, uh, whether or not you treat it as a, a separate target. Um, and, and New Zealand has done this, so they, they've pulled methane out and it's not in the same targets as, as the energy sector. And, uh, and, and even the Climate Change Advisory Council has accepted that there might be merits in this, but there's a lot more analysis needs to be done on, on how we could reduce emissions in methane specifically. But, you know, it has a shorter lifetime than carbon dioxide, which is the gas that comes out of the energy sector and burning fossil fuels. Uh, but it also is about 30 times more potent in terms of its warming potential. Potential. So it doesn't mean that it just because it has a short lifetime, it's somehow uh, less uh, dangerous for climate change. And of course, if there is an agreed programme for government, it has to be ratified by two thirds of the majority of Green members, some 4,000 people up and down the country. But you're saying that uh, ordinary individuals can lobby their TDs and there's an event on this Wednesday. Tell us yeah. all. So Stop Climate Chaos has traditionally done these mass lobby events in Buzzwell's Hotel, and, I, and I've participated in some of them, and they're really, really interesting because they get all the TDs to meet in Buzzwell's Hotel, and they get constituents from every county in Ireland to meet with their TDs and talk about climate action. And I've, I've always been amazed at how many TDs show up to these. Even the Healy Rays have showed up, and we've all had very interesting chats with them, and they've signed on to the idea of more solar and more cycling infrastructure. Uh, and, and so so now, of course, because we can't do this in Buzzwell's Hotel, uh, Stop Climate Chaos is taking this to Zoom. And on Wednesday, tomorrow, uh, there will be a tea with your TDs mass lobby on Zoom. So if you register at stopclimatechaos.ie backslash take action, uh, it will send a, an email to all of your TDs and your constituency saying that you're going to be on the Zoom call and uh, we'll be discussing with them um, some of the asks that the One Future campaign put forward. And then it's a chance for you to go 
go off into your own separate private uh, Zoom room with other constituents in your TDs to, to talk about these issues. OK, that's happening not in Boswell's Hotel, but on Zoom at 5pm on Wednesday evening. And just log on to the website www.stopclimatechangechaos, all one word, dot I-E. Okay. Okay. Stopclimatechaos.ie. All right. My thanks to Dr. Cara Gustenberg. The Hard Shoulder on Newstalk with Nissan. Together, let's play our part by staying apart. Nissan. Innovation that excites.